Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends. Welcome back to today's episode. We're going to jump right into Romans chapter 5 today. If you have a Bible, can follow along. That's always helpful. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Let me jump right in. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, this verse is probably familiar to those of you that are conversant in the Romans road or make it a practice to share your faith with other people. It's really an instructive verse because in order for someone to receive Jesus Christ and his free gift of salvation, he must first understand his sinful condition. Now, I don't think you could read Romans chapters one through five and not see your sinful condition. We've talked about this over and over again because the Bible does. We talked about the way that God has revealed himself uh, through creation and through conscience and the revelation of God to sinful man only exacerbates in the mind of man how sinful he is. Because when I compare myself to him, when I compare myself to his righteous law, Romans chapter three, I fall short. And that's why the language is used, that we fall short of the reputation of the glory of God. But here in Romans chapter 5, we've been discovering the salvation that we have in Christ, the peace we have with God, the grace that is ours, the love of God toward us, the unmatched, uh, unmistakable love of God. And here in verse number 12, we're kind of going back to summarize what we've been talking about in verses 1 through 5. And that is, hey, this is who we were, and here's why. This is who we are, and here's why. And can, we can really categorize it in two categories. We can say there is the Adam crowd. Adam was the first man we know. And there is the Jesus crowd. And everybody is underneath one of those two men. Of course, Jesus is the God-man. But both of them were created. Uh, boy, was that a misquote. Jesus was not created. Jesus is the creator. Strike that from the record. Both of them were, were sinless when they came to earth. Obviously, Jesus, Adam created on planet earth. But Adam, of course, violated God's law. Jesus never did. He fulfilled God's law. And because Adam sinned, there was a penalty for that sin, and that penalty for sin was death. And that's what the Bible teaches here in verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Now, why, does it, why doesn't it say as by one woman? Because remember, Paul makes it clear in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I think it's like verse 13 or 14, that the woman was deceived. But Adam fully understood what his choice was when he made it. When Adam took of that fruit, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he was willfully, volitionally defying the prohibition of God, and that was sin. So 
Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So with sin comes death, always. With sin comes death. Sin, when it is finished, James taught us, bringeth forth death. So there it is. So Adam is responsible for the sin of this world. You say, well, that's really not fair, is it? I mean, after all, he's just one man who sinned that one time. Now, no doubt he sinned many times after that. Of course, we know he did in his lying and deception and all of that. But the point here is that in Adam, we all lived. Why? Because all of us are the offspring of Adam. In the DNA of Adam was you. In the DNA of Adam was, was me. So when he sinned and death became the penalty for sin, we all die because we are all sinners. And we are sinners not because we sin. Now follow me. We sin because we're sinners. Now it's both are true. You, you, you sinned. You, you did make a choice just like Adam did. And if you were Adam, you would have done the same thing. But the point is that you're, you're not primarily a sinner because you have sinned. You're primarily a sinner because you inherited a sinful nature and you sin because you are a sinner. Now, how is that possibly part of the good news that we've been talking about? You say, Kurt, I thought that chapter five was going to be an encouraging passage. It is. So watch the point that the Apostle Paul is making. Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all of sin. So both are true. We are sinners because we inherited a sinful nature and we are sinners because we have all sinned. There's nobody that can say, but I've never personally sinned. I may have inherited sin, but I've never chosen. No, yes, you have. There is none righteous, no not one. Now, follow the, follow the thought. Look at verse number 13. For And this is parenthetical. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So Moses was when the law came. We know that. So from Adam to Moses, that's a long time, by the way. That's 2,500 years of, of human history from Adam to Moses. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So the point here is that we are sinners because we inherited sin. And that was true even before the law came to spotlight our sin. We've talked about this, but why did God give the law to Moses? And the major reason, obviously it reflects the character of God, and there were dietary laws and ceremonial laws and civil laws that helped them coexist and, and so forth. But the main reason why God gave the law was to demonstrate to them that you are more sinful than you think you are, so I'm going to hold up a mirror of my own righteousness into which you can look and see just how unrighteous you are. And the point that Paul is making here is that does not mean that before the law, there was no such thing as sin. 
because we just didn't know there was no law. As we have already learned, mankind is a sinner and creation tells us, a conscience tells us there is a God and I am aware of my sin. The law just kind of ramped that up, didn't it? So look at verse number 15. I'm sorry, verse number, where are we? Verse number, yes, verse number 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So here, God is making a comparison. We see the introduction of the, the, the uh, pro, not pronoun. Boy, I'm, I'm struggling today. The conjunction, but. So comparing Adam and his failure and the fact that we are all under his federal headship as a human race, in Adam we all die, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So we're going to compare the what we receive from Adam, which is penalty and death, and what we receive from Jesus, which is the free gift of eternal life. And we're going to see that there are some comparisons, but not completely. So they're not, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So there's a sense in which there are parallels. Adam is the federal head of all humans. Jesus is the federal head of all those who are saved. And we find our identity either in Adam or in Jesus. But that's kind of where the similarities end. Because watch what it says in verse number 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And the many here refers to everybody. So obviously when it says that his Adam's, Adam's sin abounded unto the death of many, that means everybody. Nobody escapes death. And when the grace of God is available through Jesus Christ for life, that means for everybody, for many. Does that mean that everyone's going to be saved? Of course not. But it means that salvation is available for everybody. So you get the parallel? In Adam, we all have the same indictment. But in Christ, we all have the same opportunity. In Adam, we have the law condemning us, even the law of our own conscience. But in Christ, we have grace, and we have the free gift, and we have salvation that is offered to us. So it's, it's, it's the grand contrast. Verse number 16, and... Not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. So it's a comparison and a contrast is what Paul's saying here. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. So when Adam sinned, the entire human race was judged and condemned. And then the Bible says, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. So just as there was this sweeping judgment upon all men because of what Adam did so there can be sweeping salvation for everybody that receives Christ because of his obedience. Through Adam's disobedience, it all fell apart. Through Jesus' obedience, it all comes back together. That's why sometimes you'll hear in the, the uh, hymnal, the second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Second Adam or last Adam refers to Jesus. Well, Jesus did what Adam 
could not do. Jesus fulfilled what Adam could not fulfill. Jesus succeeded where Adam failed. Verse number 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one because of one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, plenty, plenty, it's enough, it's sufficient. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So it's not your works. It's not you making up for atoning yourself for what you did. No, it's receiving abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I like that verb reigned there. Because the Bible says that death reigns over human beings because of sin, because of the sinful state that Adam brought. It reigns. How complete is the reign of death over man? It is complete. So people that come into existence that are born, they die. Every single one of them. Unless God chose to make an exception like Enoch or Elijah. But the point here is that this is absolutely axiomatic. That people live and everybody dies. It is appointed unto man once to die. That is a solid reign that death has. And yet the Bible says that in Christ, when we receive the abundance of grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, the the unmerited favor of God toward us in the person of Jesus, when we receive the free gift of righteousness and adopt the very status of of, of Jesus because of what he did for us, the Bible says that we shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So it's not death that reigns now, but it's life that reigns. It's we who reign because of Jesus, and we will never see death. And even physical death is but a transfer to an eternal place where forever and forever and forever we enjoy the fruit of our everlasting life in Him. Boy, you talk about a contrast. That, my friends, is a contrast that you and I can enjoy, that we are enjoying if you know Christ is your Savior, and that you can enjoy if you'll receive Him by faith today. I'm going to stop there. I know we're really close to the end of the chapter, but I am really excited about verses 18 through 21. So we're going to come back to those verses uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.